Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. It's Wednesday, July 31st. Wow. Last day in July. How's everyone's summer going? I've been having one of the most enjoyable summers in a long time. It's the first Ayurveda style summer I've been doing. So I'm practicing new ways to eat and spend my energy. And I think I'm finally getting into the groove of this Ayurveda like seasonal change. And my body is loving it. Um, And I, I really hope that you guys are having a great summer too. Uh, If it's your first time to the show, welcome. Uh, If you are a loyal listener, uh, also welcome. I appreciate you and I love that you support the show. Thank you so much. If you haven't already done so, please go and subscribe. You know, hit the pause right now and go and subscribe to the show and give it a rating. This will help others find it and we can all spread the good vibrations together. I'm super grateful to have this platform to begin with to share all of the powerful lessons in life. You know, my vulnerable moments, which if you've been listening to the show, you know, there's a lot of them (laughs) and to bring on guests who have impacted me and and share the same values. So this is what Elisa Unfiltered is all about. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a very special guest who I only met in person actually a few months ago. Her name's Amy Longard. Amy is a registered holistic nutritionist, one of my favorite people to talk to. I love um, holistic nutritionists. She's also a plant-based chef and consultant. So when I met Amy for the first time, I could relate to her immediately. We, I did have this interesting little bond. Um, we, ha- we share a lot of similarities in life experiences in the way of health struggles, career changes, um, and discovering how food affects our bodies, our mood, and uh, overall well-being. So today she's here to tell her story about how and why she is now a vegan plant-based eater. I think you guys are going to really love this episode. Okay, here we go. All right, so I have Amy Longard here in my living room. Welcome, Amy, to thanks. the show. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> so um, just to kind of give the listeners here um, a bit of a background as to how I know you. We were on a panel together at the GEM conference a couple of months ago, and uh, we were on a, what was it, like a... A wellness rituals panel, Yes, Yes, a wellness rituals panel, and um, your story and um, everything that you had to say, I was like literally um, on the panel with you, and just like my ears were peeled. I found you super fascinating, and you have a really cool story. So um, that's that's kind of in line with every single thing that I've been doing, especially in the last couple of months with loving my body and really paying attention to what I put into my body, um, and you know how I live my life. So. I'm so happy that you're here and I really want to pick your brain about plant-based diets, being vegan, what that means, um, and how you, like your story a little bit, how you came to, uh, to this, to where you are now. So yeah, 
Okay, let's do it. Um, uh, so why not, let's start, you know, with your story. Like, you worked for the federal government, mm-hmm. and what, what was that all about? What did you do? Well, so, we live yeah. in Ottawa, yeah. right? So, yeah, everybody basically has their stint with the federal government. <laughs> um, but I actually moved here originally when I was younger, in my mid-20s, mm-hmm. to work for CBC. Oh, neat. And I was, my career was in communications and marketing, so I ended up working in internal communications there, and then ultimately had a chance to go work with the government. So I did it because everyone else was doing it, and um, it was, I had a a good time there when I was working there. I was working on different files like aviation security with Transport Canada, Mm -hmm. so lots of things to do with planes, and ultimately I worked on trains and buses, different sort of things, just just general communications, public relations stuff around uh, stuff that was happening with those modes of transport, which isn't really something I'm that interested in, but it actually ended up being kind of an interesting job. Okay. Um, so yeah, I did work with the government even in the past. I was working with the UN. So I kind of had this long career of communications in some form, mm-hmm. um, whether it was with the UN or CBC or then with the government. So a lot of, um, writing press releases, responding to the media. Um, what else was I doing? Just a lot of writing. Okay. And then one day, did you have like a wake up call? Because you kind of changed everything like 180, did you not? Or how, what did that process look like? Yeah, well, kind of. So I guess like any sort of um, health journey or change, there's, there is a process that happens and it's slow and over time, but often there's like one big thing that kind of causes you to have this wake up moment. Yes. Um, So so you had a wake up moment. Yeah, a big one. Um, Not one that you really want to have, but (laughs) it happened. So, I mean, I was always like we were talking earlier before the podcast even started, just how we both are doing sports our entire lives. Yeah. And, you know, you're kind of connected to healthy living in that sense when you are doing sports because nutrition is encouraged and, you know, you're always exercising. So you are doing things that are good for yourself. So I kind of kept those habits up in my life. And mm-hmm. um, when I was in the government, actually, I ended up getting shingles, which is okay. a really terrible thing. If anyone who's listening has had it, they know I ended up getting it sort of in my back, just below, I guess, my or on my rib cage almost, on yeah. the right side of my back. It was this really painful thing, and I actually didn't know what it was. Um, I just had this, it was like a rash that was stinging and stabbing and painful, and I happened to show a colleague, and she said, I think that's shingles. Like, she had had shingles before, yeah. and that kind of jumped out to her as being shingles, but I had never even heard of that. I didn't know what it was, and um, did a quick Google research, and it seemed like that wouldn't be something I would have, but I went to the doctor anyways, and it was shingles. Which is horrendous, yeah, right? Like, so and it's long painful. lasting. Yeah, it's yeah. you. It's weird because if you've ever had shingles, you can still get these like little phantom pains because it's like a stabbing pain of where it was. Really? Yeah. So some people will have it on their face, and if you're if it crosses your eyes, it can cause blindness. Like it's a really like bad permanent. Thing. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So it's kind of a bad thing. I'm lucky that I had it where I did. It was just really bad stabbing pains in my lower back. And I remember calling a friend oh when God. I found out from the doctor what it was, and she was like. You know, I like shingles is like an old person thing that like people in retirement homes have like young people don't get that. You're way too young. You're like 60 years too young for that. So having that sort of that call with her, I'll never forget it because it did then cause me to Google and look a little bit more into it. And so like, I know what it is now, but why did it happen? It turns out that, you know, when your immune system's not strong and um, you're kind of running yourself too ragged and that's what I was doing. I was kind of doing a bit of everything. I had my government job. I was running charities. I was playing soccer. I was going to the gym. I was that person that everyone thought was doing everything and always mm. praised me for being so balanced and being able to do it all. Um, but meanwhile, I was obviously running myself down to the point where I'm getting shingles. So that was kind of thing. Like mm. it was a very painful awakening to be like 
that's the only way it was something that really caused me to step back and take a look at my health. And when you did step back and look at your health, what was the first sort of like move? Because oftentimes like, you know, we get these signals. I mean, I had it myself. I had a wake up call. I had like a voice inside of me telling me you need to, this is wrong. You need to change your life. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't really know where to go. So I lingered in this like weird, I don't know, um, waiting stage of fear to change but then I just kind of started putting one foot in front of the other and Mm -hmm. my um uh, change actually was with food so Mm -hmm. I started to take a look at what foods I was eating Mm -hmm. um is that did yours start with food as well? a little bit like that but I I kind of realized I was doing too much and I wasn't Mm -hmm. really managing like because we know our mental health is so linked to our physical health right and just taking a look at I was actually dealing with anxiety almost every morning. I could barely get out of the house. I was throwing, I remember throwing my clothes on my bed because I could not pick what to wear. So it was just like this manifestation of anxiety and that's what it was. I couldn't pick out my clothes and I'd be late for work as a result or just feeling really, really low or really, really high. So like I wasn't really in this in-between state. I was either go, go, go or crashing. So I was kind of looking more like what's going on globally in my life. And also I did of course take a look at food as well and, um, I was eating pretty well. Like I I always packed my lunches. I had my Tupperwares with me and I I generally cooked for myself. Um, But there was definitely some foods there that were obviously causing issues for some areas of my health, which I didn't really discover until later. But all that to say with these kind of things coming up, I started looking more like yoga. Maybe I need to find a way to relax and just calm down a bit. So I started doing yoga with a local yoga teacher, Andrea Robertson, who you probably know. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. So I started doing yoga with her at a friend's, literally in my friend's apartment. She had a bunch of us over and we were all doing yoga. So that was the first time I was really getting this like stillness and calmness. I was still really buzzing all the time, but it helped me find these moments of quietness and then I ended up going to one of Andrea's yoga retreats and then I even went on another one within the same year but it was the second one where um things had been coming to a head anyways I'd already had did I yeah I'd already had shingles by then and I was coughing coughing I remember going to this yoga retreat with Andrea flying on the plane there was coughing non-stop like non-stop coughing I got to the retreat I had to share a cabin with two people oh god one of my poor roommates ended up just being so fed up with being in this <sighs> cabin with me coughing non-stop that she uh, ended up finding another room and you know you're in these little cabins yes. like and you're trying to be on a retreat and relaxing and you have this annoying roommate coughing all the time <laughs> luckily one of my other roommates was a deep sleeper and she didn't notice but like this coughing was just nonstop and it's something that I had suffered with for my whole life but it was just funny because I was finally away eating like pretty well in this nice place and I'm still coughing like crazy and I ended up talking to the owner of the retreat and there's just a lot of stuff happening on this retreat as things do happen on retreats if you've ever been on one a lot of things come out a couple yeah for Mm -hmm. everybody like everybody's just like letting it all out so in many different ways yeah and um I don't know how it started, but I was talking with the owner of the retreat place. His name's Brian, and he and I got into this talk about being plant-based or vegan because he had had huge changes in his health. I think he was suffering with fibromyalgia, yeah. And he was an athlete like me, so we had kind of this. We we're both competitive, and he yeah. was a, like almost pro tennis player or something. And uh, we were talking about like we kind of had a little bit of a butting heads over this plant-based thing because I just said to him like I don't think people are supposed to be vegan like we're supposed to eat meat like I'm sure it helps your health but like humans are supposed to eat meat like that's we've always done that that's how it always is and ultimately he said to me you know what like why don't you just try being vegetarian for a month 
Like, you're not going to die. Just see if you can do it. Because in my head, I thought, you know, everyone has to be vegan. Or, sorry, everyone has to eat meat. Like, that's what we've always done. We've always eaten cheese. That's how it is. I had no education on that. But I just decided to, you know what, I'll take him up on that. And because I'm competitive, sort of like he was, I decided to one-up him and try being vegan. Because I had a hunch that my coughs were a result of dairy because I had done research on foods that trigger things. And dairy was the big one for sinus congestion, post-nasal drip, all that stuff. So anyways. Were you afraid to just do vegan right away? Because that's like giving up a lot. Like a lot of people identify with the food that they're eating. Oh, for sure. And Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've struggled with it. I I actually, for almost a year and a half, did vegan one one day a week was Mm -hmm. like my commitment. And that was helpful because I worked at Pure Kitchen and it's accessible. You didn't have to dive right in. I didn't have to dive right in, but... Mm -hmm. What was that like? Just Well, I didn't go. So I did pretty much make an overnight transition. But so that was in December, early December. And I thought, you know, when I come back to Ottawa, what I'll do is for the rest of the month. And when I go home to Halifax for Christmas time, I'll eat mostly vegetarian and ease into it. And January okay. 1st, because, you know, that's a good time to start things. Sure. So we all start okay. things on January 1st. Totally. Um, I decided that I was going to go fully vegan. So I had about two or three weeks where I was kind of vegetarian and then fully vegan overnight. And it actually, I had been accustomed to cooking for myself and using a lot of plant-based foods. And I grew Mm -hmm. up in a house where, um, my mom was a, was a really good cook and she played around with different things like beans and lentils. Like these weren't unfamiliar to me. I'd already seen these types of foods. I cooked a lot of vegetarian stuff for myself even before, um, knowing even before going this way I was always okay. cooking like stews and veggie chilies because they were easy yep. I was young you know you can open a bunch of cans and throw in some fresh veggies and you've got some chili yeah so I'd done a lot of that stuff before so it wasn't a huge transition um but I definitely noticed in the first week the amount of energy that I had that was the biggest like oh my gosh what's happening right now like my energy was through the roof I remember I was playing soccer at the time and I ended up scoring a hat trick, like three goals right in a row. And really? one of my my first games back, I was like, what is going on here? It was just kind of some little things like that. I don't know that it's necessarily linked, but it's just funny that I had this. I remember that hat trick and I was like, wow, I'm feeling light as a feather and just so much energy. Right. Um, and that's what we're all striving for, right? Is yes. that nice balance and yeah. energy. And you found it through this change in diet. So how long into the diet did you did you feel more energized? Was it like right away? Yeah. Well, I think honestly the energy I've always been a high energy person and still yeah. am. Yeah. Um, but it just was a different, more it's, of it's stabilized different. energy. I don't know yeah. how to describe it. Cause I was always that person who could kind of do everything. Like mm-hmm. I just have a lot of, of, of energy running through me, but it was a different kind. That's all I can describe it as maybe it's just a more balanced, stable, um, not as, as, um, sort of fluctuating, I guess. Yeah, and there's like some sort of mental clarity that happens when you're eating foods that are right for the body and for the demands that like, so you, you like I, that's kind of where I go with this. So when I'm eating very clean, I'm not totally plant-based, but I don't know, like I want to ask you a lot about this for personal reasons, but also to share your findings um, is when I do eat super clean, meaning whole foods, let's just say whole foods, Mm -hmm. I'm more of a whole foods, mm-hmm. diet, less processed stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a mental clarity that creates this awareness of my energy and it's like a nice mm-hmm. feeling. I'm yeah, it's hard to explain, but it is, it is that sense of wellness mm-hmm. within my body. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's probably physiological. Sometimes it's psychological too, because you know, you're giving yourself 
good things. Sure. Like giving back to yourself is something a lot of people don't do. So knowing that you're taking the time to prepare nice food for yourself, yeah. whole foods, not processed foods, it can make a real difference. And I'm sure physiologically as well as psych- psychologically, it's um, something you can't really describe it unless you've kind of gone through that transition when you're mm-hmm. shifting from a certain way of eating to another. Um, but for me, I guess like the main change wasn't even necessarily the energy. Was it that cough that I had? It just never has come back ever, like never to the magnitude. Really? So this was a cough that like growing up, I would cough since like childhood. My parents used to really? take me to the IWK when I was a kid. That's the Children's Hospital in Halifax. My, they just didn't know what was wrong with me and why I was coughing nonstop. And it was usually all night, mostly in the winter. It was the worst. So I have this really, really oh bad cough God. and never came back. And I, I kind of talk about this all the time and I used to talk about it back then too, but I had a neti pot Yeah. that when I was coughing and sick, I would always use the neti pot to like clear my sinuses. It's like this little teapot with saline solution that you dump through your nose and clear all the gross stuff out. (laughs) I can't do it. I suck at doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I used to do it. I was a pro at that and I thought it was really cool that like the neti pot was saving me. But actually what I learned is the neti pot was a band-aid solution to what was really happening Mm -hmm. to the deeper problem that was there which was likely the dairy allergy that was triggering the sinus congestion post nasal drip so now I don't use a neti pot at all but I remember always talking about it like this thing is helping me so much it did help for a period of time like a few hours in the day but it didn't resolve the problem okay so then you so you're working for the government you're figuring out your life here and you change careers 100 percent and um Am I right? You went to culinary school in New York City. Mm-hmm. So what 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 happened there? So this came not long after. So the New Year's when I kind of made this dietary shift and seeing all these things happening. And I made so many connections in different areas within food was just, you know, that it has an opportunity to be so healing. That was kind of a big wake up call for me because often I was eating really mindlessly and just eating yeah. whatever. Because when you don't have any restrictions, you can literally eat anything and everything if you don't apply some restrictions to yourself. Sure. So I was that person that ate anything and everything, mostly healthy, but I would eat whatever was there sure. if I was at a party. Um, so that was kind of a big wake up for me that this connection to food, how much it impacted my health. Um, and I was thinking, you know, does everybody aware of this? Like, do people realize? Cause I don't think a lot of people do realize. I don't realize. think so either. No way. Like I personally had no idea until I started experimenting. I had this thought, like I said earlier, when I woke up, I'm like, I think it's the food. Yeah. And then I just started testing things out and oh my God, sure enough. Mm-hmm. It's so, in- it's, it's actually phenomenal the diets that we incorporate and pretend are normal yeah. and normal in today's society, where as they're, that is exact, the exact opposite of what they, mm-hmm. they really are. And people a hundred years ago did not eat this way. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, it's only in the last like 60 to 80 years mm-hmm. that all the sugar, all the processed foods, all the salt, I mean, the, the way that meat is even gathered and created and raised and raised yeah. is, is like, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy unreal. what we're putting into our bodies and we don't know. And make that connection whatsoever. Yeah. It's the, it's the world's biggest denial system. Mm-hmm. It is, it is the world's biggest lie in our society is, to, is oh telling gosh. us that our food is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all of the marketing that goes into it too, to make us think it's healthy. And most things are just marketing claims. Like just, I'm so happy that I have a background in communications and public relations. And I really understand how the media works from working within the media. Sure. And just seeing how things are promoted and how no wonder people are confused because things have labels like high in fiber, low in sugar, 
mm-hmm. usually when things have labels on them with claims, they're probably not good for you. You know, like yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's being marketed to you as being good. Um, whereas say you pick up an apple, you know what this is, you yeah. know what's in there. Um, for the most part, not, we can't break it down to the chemical level, but sure. for the most part, like there's certain things that we know it's a whole food, whereas something in a package could be like apple, um, little apple fruit leathers. Sure. That's not the same as an apple. No, it's not. No, it's, it's, it's a not processed even food. And it might be made only with apple, but it's still a processed food. It's probably better for you than a candy. Yeah. But there's varying degrees of healthiness, which is a whole other and so, so in culinary school, were you just like, were your light bulbs just like blasting out? Like, mm-hmm. was this just the biggest aha moments of your life? Well, yeah, because culinary school is actually the one that I went to is called Natural Gourmet Institute. And I think it's now changed names and it's moved under another culinary school. But at the time it was like the best, the most well-known um, health supportive culinary school. So we did mostly plant-based. There was some animal proteins included as well, but the most part it was very mm. vegan, vegetarian, learning how to take out, like say if we're cooking for someone with gluten allergy or someone with a dairy allergy, we learned how to make kind of fine dining foods, but uh, oh, modify yeah. it for specific diets. So, or cooking for people with cancer or chronic diseases and stuff like that. So we learned how to do fine dining, but modified versions of it mm-hmm. um and cool. it was a big wake-up call and the biggest wake-up call for me of the program was when we did our week where we we're doing all um desserts and sweets and that was a great week because we we're eating sweets mm-hmm. all week long but at the same time even when we were modifying these sweets you know like switch spelt flour instead of white flour or switch coconut oil instead of butter or um use uh organic cane sugar instead of white sugar these things which are, are, are kind of subs that are healthier in, or thought to be healthier, uh, we still ended up eating a lot of sweets and we still all felt terrible by the end of the week, even eating like healthy sweets. So um, that was a big wake up call for me too, because just, um, you know, what's happening that we, we literally were all depressed. Our entire class from Monday to Friday, the mood shifted distinctly that we all felt terrible because we'd been eating sweets the entire week. So it's like, yeah. what's happening to us that like, what's going on inside that we all feel so bad from eating this food. And that's why I wanted to go on to study nutrition after that. Cause I was thinking I have to learn more about the connection between our food and our mood and how we feel. And that was a big wake up call. Cause even healthier sweets can make you feel terrible if you eat a lot of them or even any of them, if you're not, you know, depending on your body. Yeah. Sugar, sugar of all type, even, even some, you know, like pineapple, for example, some natural fructose or whatever you call it, like yeah. natural occurring sugars, I do, I feel the crash like big time. Uh, so that's something that I try to avoid um, as much as possible. I do let myself go every now and then, but mm-hmm. I'll feel it like mm-hmm. immediately, immediately. The sugar impacts me in some of the, I'm fascinated by this. So um, you, you mentioned the connection between your food and your mood. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, what are some of the most common um, challenges or mood shifts related to food that you see, or do people even make those connections? Cause like, I mean, I know now that when I eat sugar, I do feel the dip or I yes. feel depressed or tired. And that starts to create some I, 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 inflammation in the body, but I've talked about this in the past in my podcast where it's like inflammatory thoughts as well, mm-hmm. which just sort of feed this downward spiral of like this depressive story in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, well, there's a lot of things that can happen from eating foods that don't, 
serve your body well. So say sugar, for example, like you said, you kind of feel down, you feel a dip. Some people feel anxious right away. Like some people can eat sugary foods or processed foods and feel anxiety immediately. Mm -hmm. So I think we, you know, a lot of people are going around dealing with anxiety right now. And often rather than taking a look at say, what are you eating? Yeah. It's like, how can I treat this with something? Not food, like, because food is a great place to start if you're struggling with anxiety or depression. I'm not saying it's the only thing because there's definitely a time and place for medication if it's needed, but it's a good place to investigate if you are experiencing any sort of mood disorders or um, if your mental health is not good. It's a place to start. There's obviously more to it than just the food, yeah. but it's it's one thing that we can all look at if we are struggling and hopefully it could help and it can be a piece of that puzzle of wellness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, you did say and there's a quote on your website that said, I wanted to know the why and how I wanted to know why and how food can support health. Yeah. So maybe that's the better question. Like, what are some of the, your findings in that? Like, have, did you find out why or how? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, and that's actually a good way to kind of th- to go into this is because food can support our health. And I like to think about, like, what can we eat that's better for us rather than what can we take away? Like, I almost don't even try to talk too much about with clients or in the groups that I'm working with or in workplaces about you can't have your cupcake, you can't have your cookies. Yeah. Let's just focus on building a diet that we know is evidence-based. Um, usually you're going to feel better when you're eating it. So building your diet with things that are nutrient dense. And like you were saying earlier, whole foods, like let's Mm -hmm. start there. Let's focus on getting whole foods in rather than telling you, you can't have your cookie. You can't have your pop. Mm -hmm. Let's just build it with good stuff first stuff that has nutrition that we know is full of nutrients. So making sure you're getting in lots of vegetables each day, lots of fruits, whole grains, um, and whatever proteins you choose, of course, mine are all going to be plant-based, like my chickpeas, split peas, lentils, yep. beans, tofu, yeah. tempeh. I eat a lot of nuts and seeds. So I know that these things are all full of vitamins and minerals that help support our mental health, that help support our physical health. So really building a diet around those things. And that's kind of like, I guess that's the how we support it. It's just really filling our plates with things that are good for us. Um, I try to do that most of the time. I know yeah. a lot of people like the 80-20 rule. I really try to say 90-10 because... Like 90, 90 veggie, 10 protein? No, I or? try to say 90% all that good stuff. Fill your plates oh, with, okay. with whole foods. Yes. Um, and then 10. I like that. I think I'm the t- I'm 20 is pretty 20 is pretty big. Like that's like, okay, I'm going to eat really well all weekend. Then Saturday at lunch, pizza, chips, yeah. pop, whatever, all the way until Sunday night. That's really going to impact you if that's kind of that amount. But... I mean, everybody's different and I think we all have different thresholds of what we can tolerate, but Mm -hmm. really just think if you took pictures of your food that you ate for like three or four days, you want to see a lot of vegetables appearing there. Lots of whole grains, fruits as well, nuts and seeds, proteins, whatever ones you're going to choose. I would say it doesn't hurt no matter what you eat to choose plant-based proteins because people do eat far too many animal proteins. And that's part of that big industrial system you were alluding to earlier is that that's fueling that problem where we're we're growing and raising animals in a way that's just unfathomable because people have such a demand for proteins, animal proteins. So it's, it's great seeing like here in Ottawa restaurants, like pure kitchen that are popping up and showing people different ways and different ways to be satiated using different proteins like tempeh, which probably a lot of people in Ottawa didn't know about until pure kitchen came around. Right. (laughs) They're like, like, what is this tempa tempe? Like no one knows what it is. What is tempa? Yeah. (laughs) So just trying different things like that and, and adjusting a little bit what you're eating, even making a small shift. And the cool thing about most plant proteins is they also contain fiber, which is the real missing nutrient. 
that's one of the big sort of how you can feel yourself better is by eating more fiber. Yeah. Most people don't get enough. Most Canadians are getting like barely 10 to 15 grams a day. I think it's recommended like women get 28 to 30, men 35 and over. There's really not an upper limit on fiber, but people yeah. aren't eating enough. So it's kind of like the real missing link. People always ask me about protein, but then I, I kind of turn it around and say, have you thought about your fiber? Right. Most people don't. So that's something I always like to bring up. So you mentioned Pure Kitchen and I've worked there for three years and that like being in that environment, I mean, I would say a lot of employees of Pure Kitchen are actually full vegan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them are also vegetarian. It is a vegetarian restaurant, uh, but we are completely vegan based. So all the Mm -hmm. sauces, breads, what all everything's vegan. The only reason why we're vegetarian is because we have cheese on the menu Mm -hmm. and real dairy at the bar for coffees and Mm -hmm. such. Um, That being said, um, Throughout my three years of working there, um, I have witnessed um, kind of similarly to non-vegan eaters, um, some very unhealthy habits, Mm -hmm. some very unhealthy uh, choices. I mean, some employees have that have worked there have like yellow eyes, very pasty mouths or Mm -hmm. skins, their skins like a weird color and it's scaly Mm -hmm. almost like. Um, chipped nails, like rough, mm-hmm. rough looking features on okay. their face. Um, I find, and I find, um, that, you know, they'll just eat like peanut butter or nut butter. Yeah. Like, all day. yes. <laughs> so peanut butter sandwiches all day, every day. So I guess like in any diet, there is a healthy way to do it yes. and an unhealthy way yep. to do it. Yeah. No matter what you're eating. Um, so vegan diets oftentimes get a bad reputation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's there's the there's like those that are preaching that it's changed their lives and others that you can see clearly it's like they're living very unhealthy bad breath bad breath is one of the most common symptoms i see with the vegans the vegan community in ottawa interesting and i talked to Mm -hmm. i'm you know what's interesting okay i had this thought exactly what you're saying one of the interesting things about when people do go vegan there's almost this little bit of a wormhole that you go down to. Okay. So um, I'm not sure if it's um, uh, correlation causation, but basically a lot of people that go vegan, they start on this very narrowed health path too, okay. yeah. where it's like, now I'm only using natural toothpaste. I will not use fluoride. I will not. And yeah. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm not imparting judgment on that whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. No. But I think for some people, when you kind of go down this path, maybe things you were traditionally doing you've stopped. So there's a lot of changes, like whether it's going to natural deodorant, which I, I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm all yeah. for the natural body products, but sometimes it's interesting to see the change and that some people may actually struggle with dental issues. And I'm questioning often, mm-hmm. is it the diet or is it that maybe your dental hygiene has changed? Cause some people do potentially, and I'm not saying this is true or false. They may need a little bit of fluoride to keep their teeth <laughs> intact and maybe keep things working in their oral hygiene. I was actually thinking about that just the other day. So it's funny you brought that up because yeah, I've kind of seen a lot of the dialogue going on on plant-based or vegan pages. Yeah. And there does become this little bit of funnel of wellness, which is sort of dipping into orthorexia, which you probably have talked about. Have you talked about that? No, I haven't. No. So orthorexia is sort of like um, a condition. It's in the DSM. It's a psychological condition where you end up getting so fixated on health and healthy things that you're very limited down to what you actually can eat. And I'm sure you see that working in pure kitchen where it's like, I can't have that. I can't have that. You'll have people that order literally like one thing because they've picked everything out because everything's, they they can't eat it. And it's, it's a serious condition and it's happening a lot too. And I think 
social media and all the wellness gurus um, and all the holistic nutritionists and, and people like me, if we're not careful about what we say, I think it can feed into that. Sure. Um, where it's that like everything is bad. Right. And I never want to feed into that if I can. Yes. So it's, there's kind of this little connection with being vegan that can lead to that too. And I'm not saying it's everybody. It's definitely not. I'm sure most people aren't. Yeah. But you will see this population. Like you said, some people are giving maybe being vegan a bad rap for various reasons. Yes. Um, and there's always going to be some outliers. Yes. And there's always going to be people that maybe don't do well on a vegan diet for a variety of reasons. Maybe their baseline health wasn't good to begin with or, you know, so it's... Of course, of course. So there's a lot of things to contemplate. And I think... Um, we sometimes oversimplify things too. And we can like, even me, I'll be like, I have a headache. Is it because I'm vegan? But it's like probably because I'm tense and I need to go use a foam roller, you know, yeah, or you're dehydrated. Yeah. Or like there's all like, these things. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's, it's sometimes I think we have to look at the big picture, but yeah. it, it can, that's why health is so interesting and fun, but it's also, you know, it's very simple, but it can also be complicated too. If that makes sense. No, it totally does. Um, okay. So a healthy vegan, what, what, um, kind of diet does that look like? Like, let's talk about what you eat or mm. like how you balance because an animal protein is, um, is, um, a, a complete protein. Am I right when I say that? Yeah. So an animal, animal proteins would have in more cases, they're going to have a more amino, amino acid. acid. So yeah. they're going to have an amino acid profile. That's going to be more complete. Mm -hmm. So say, um, for proteins, you're, they're based on amino acids. They're like the building blocks of a lot of the structure, our bones, our yeah. muscles and all that stuff. Um, and uh, animal proteins will have, I guess, more abundant of certain types of amino acids and generally more amino acids. Whereas if you're eating plant-based, you can get all the amino acids, but that's why you need a varied diet. Like right. a peanut butter vegan who's only eating peanut butter all day, yeah. you're not going to get enough amino acids. Sure. Um, just like you probably wouldn't be healthy just eating steak every day because you're not going to get the other nutrients you need. So the yeah. real um, key, I think, to regardless of what your diet is, and we're hearing more and more about this from people that research longevity, health, wellness, um, nutrition, is that you want to have a varied diet. If you're eating a varied diet as a vegan, that would include um, lentils, beans, chickpeas, nuts, seeds, uh, leafy greens, any veggies you want to add in there, any fruits you want to add in there, yeah, and even some whole grains grain breads, well. whole yeah. grain breads, even whatever you want to add in, but you want to have variety. Okay. That's not only important for getting those amino acids, but it's also important for contributing to our gut health. Mm -hmm. We need a variety of different things that are passing through our digestive tract to feed those little bacterias, the ones that keep our, our gut kind of healthy and happy. It's the microbiome, the, the one that's in our digestive tract. Yeah. We need lots of different things to be kind of passing through there to feed the bacteria. And that's kind of the big topic nowadays is gut health. So that varied diet is one of the biggest parts in doing that. And the gut we know is, or we're hearing more and more, and it's still in the infancy of the research, that the gut is the epicenter of your health. So if your gut's good, you're likely going to be good mentally, physically, your digestion's going to be great. Your skin's going to glow. Oh my God. Yeah. But many of us struggle with gut health due to things like sugar, refined foods, processed foods, and all that stuff. So a healthy diet, whether it's vegan or not, should really be a varied diet, but rich in plant foods. So it can include meat if you're somebody who eats meat, but really load up on the plant stuff because that's what's going to feed our little gut bacteria that need that as their, their nutrients. Okay, so what is some of the, some of the um, challenges that you find? Like, I mean, it seems so simple. Eat your veggies. Like we yeah. talk about this. It's we. I've heard that saying since I was a kid. Eat your vegetables. And for me, I love it. And I I actually practice an Ayurveda diet. And I just had a session a couple of weeks ago with my Ayurveda doctor, and she told me. Uh, for the summer, moving forward, half of my plate has to be greens, mm -hmm. and all my meals 
and if I can do it in my snacks, in my snacks too. Amazing. So I'm like, okay, so how the heck do I do that? Well, I've just purchased spinach and I like, per- I have like different types of leafy greens to just add them. So half mm-hmm. my plate's leafy greens. Am I noticing a difference? A hundred percent. I notice mm-hmm. it. And it's really interesting because I eat fairly clean to begin with, but I'm noticing um, that like clarity and the energy is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally love it, but um, I guess what are some of the challenges that or misconceptions about the someone who is trying a vegan diet that maybe doesn't like vegetables or doesn't get that? Like what happens? Mm-hmm. What happens in the body? Let's just say. Well, that's, that's actually a good question. And first of all, I'm glad you brought up leafy greens. Cause that's one thing. Like I always tell, so if anyone's listening to this and they take away one thing, yeah. just do what you're doing, <laughs> add lots of leafy greens. Yeah. But I'll put in the challenge there is that for some people, if they're not used to eating all that fiber, so for you, you're used yes. to eating lots of plants. So for you to add in leafy greens every day, it's probably not a shock to the system, but so say somebody's going towards eating plant-based and this actually even happened to me when I first started that new year's Eve, that whole next week. I did notice that I was a bit bloated. Okay. So I had the energy, but I was bloated. And that's because I was eating lots of salads, which, and, and I was in the middle of winter. I was eating lots of raw veggies. Yeah. Um, I just didn't really know what to order at restaurants, which can sometimes be a challenge when you first go vegan. Yeah. If you're not going to pure kitchen, it's a little yeah. <laughs> difficult for you to navigate that, but it gets easier over time. So I had been eating out and going out to meet friends. It was early in the new year. So I found I was pretty bloated from eating and it comes down that I was eating a lot more fiber and a lot of raw veggies. So if you're first starting out being vegan or looking to go more plant-based, when you start adding things in like those cruciferous things, like the leafy green veggies, so the kale, the Swiss chard, the collards, maybe start by cooking them or steaming them. So I don't know, are you eating them raw when you eating them now? Uh, Right now, raw in the summer. uh, In the winter, I did a version of this. It was a little bit different, but it was only hot cooked foods Mm -hmm. all winter. That's kind of, I, I, I like that for the winter too. I actually yeah. feel better eating that way personally. Yeah. Cause it's so cold out yes. and it's like subtle ways to warm the body. Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of like eating seasonally, which is a, a fun thing to do in the summer, focus on the raw stuff, yeah. but it's great because in the winter you're kind of accustoming your body to see all those fibers that you're eating. If you're adding in more greens and following your doctor's advice yeah. and then leading the summer, your body's prepared to handle the raw greens because it's seen this stuff before it's been cooked and cooked is a little bit easier to break down in the stomach. Yeah. So yeah, I think when you're first starting out that is a challenge but also something that you could do by saying okay so I'm adding in more cauliflower I'm adding more um cabbage or um broccoli maybe try steaming them first if these are new things to your diet so I mean even if you're trying to just be healthier try steaming these things first if you find that when you eat them all of a sudden you're farting a lot because you're eating lots of cabbage (laughs) maybe start by steaming it or maybe try cabbage in the form of sauerkraut which is a raw um, way that it's prepared and it's fermented and it's easier to digest. So trying little tricks like that when you're first adding in all these veggies, because I think that's somewhere people kind of take a misstep. They're like, I can't eat plant-based because I'm so gassy. Right. Um, and that comes from the beans and lentils and chickpeas as well. If you're not used to eating them, don't start by eating a whole can right off the bat, you know? So how long are, how long's the grace period, would you say? Like how long does it really take for the body to adjust to a, a, a more plant-based diet? It could take, I mean, it was really only a week for me because I was used to eating those things. Yeah. But say if you're slowly transitioning to it, it could take a month or two months because you're going to slowly be adding in little bits. Like say when you're having beans rather than opening a whole can and dumping that on your plate, maybe you're going to take a quarter of the can. Sure. And then pair that with maybe a cooked grain, which is going to be easier to digest. So really transitioning in slowly might be better for somebody that's not used to eating whole foods. Yeah. Because a lot of people aren't. 
Yes. There's a lot of processed foods circulating out there now. So um, maybe it could take a month or two to kind of get that, you know, that, um, that adaption that we're looking for with our gut. So one of uh, the things I do want to talk about, we touched on it a little bit earlier, is um, animal protein um, dairy, the dairy um dairy debate the dairy debate and i mean we don't have to get into it too too much but i know like for me the reason i went vegan one day a week um was because i started to educate myself on animal cruelty Mm -hmm. and on the disgusting world of dairy Mm -hmm. um and how um my brain i find it interesting how my brain goes into that denial system Mm -hmm. of you know out of sight out of mind uh but really i'm trying to practice more mindful um, living and treat my body like a temple. And I'm like, well, what I'm eating isn't really aligned with that values with my values. So that's where I struggle. Like I'm not necessarily in the, I'm going to be vegan. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. So, so what is your, like, it's a tough one because I think too, there's so much and being from the East coast, and being from anywhere where there's like farming communities, there's a lot tied into that. There's, and a lot of farmers probably are doing things well, mm-hmm. but unfortunately most of the dairy that we do get is coming from large scale farms yeah. um, where basically they keep the dairy cows impregnated, the female cows impregnated. So basically that whole industry contributes to the veal industry, which is they take the babies away from the mom so that the humans can consume the milk. So that's where the veal industry comes from as a dairy industry. And it's something that I don't think most people really know about um, is that cows just don't just spread out milk nonstop, just like humans. Like once your kid's weaned off, you're not still producing milk and and that happens with mammals. So the thing is, I think people just aren't aware of that. We just assume that cows are just milk machines, but they actually have to be impregnated and have baby cows to be able to produce the milk. But the thing is, the babies aren't getting the milk. Those are the ones that ultimately become veal. Um, So... It's not a really good when you dive into it. It's kind of sad. And I'm such an animal lover. And like, that's one thing which has really kept me being vegan. The more I've learned, it's just like, I don't really support that. And I think like what you're doing and reducing, it's a really good way to vote with your dollar. Like it's saying like, I don't support this industry and maybe consuming less of it. Yeah. Maybe going to businesses where you could get a dairy-free cheese instead, like Pure Kitchen, you can get cashew cheese instead of regular cheese. Yeah, which is delicious, by the way. Mm-hmm. If, if, and if anyone hasn't tried cashew cheese before, like, go and find some. Because, like, no, it's not cheese. No, it's not. doesn't taste the same as, like, a slice of cheddar. But it, it's a very, very good alternative. Like, mm-hmm. it's very good. And they do the cashew cheesecakes. Oh my gosh, so good. There's so many things you can make cheese out of now. Like they're doing like tofu feta or um, you can use sunflower seeds if uh, cashews for nut allergies. Like I use sunflower seeds to make cashew cream or not cashew cream, sour cream. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I was at a yoga retreat recently and I made this big Mexican sort of feast and I made sunflower seed sour cream. Really? Yeah. And people are like, this is amazing. I can't believe you can do this. And sunflower seeds are inexpensive too. So if you're yeah. kind of looking towards something less expensive for um, making these little cheeses out of, try yeah. sunflower seeds. But there's a lot you can do and you can just make so many alternatives like making non-dairy milks at home. You can make your own oat milk or you can buy your own oat milk. Yep. You can make your own hemp milk. You can buy your own hemp milk. You can make your own almond milk or buy There's like, there's just so much out there to choose that we don't necessarily need to choose dairy. And, and obviously people are making that 
and coming to that conclusion because yes. the dairy industry is struggling right now. They're putting a lot of money into advertising, sort of the nostalgia like of milk and cookies. And you'll see these big billboards about that, um, but they're losing market share. And that's why they're kind of scrambling. I think they've lost 14% of their market share to non-dairy milks interesting yeah so is that re- like in the last year or oh, in the in last, last like 10 ish years so they're losing yeah. a lot of market share and it was traditionally a staple of mm-hmm. our diets like you know you have your cereal with your milk you drink your milk with dinner yeah that's how you get your calcium or that's what we were taught which was really great marketing um by the dairy <laughs> industry because you can get calcium in a lot of things including like leafy greens beans nuts and seeds i've never had issue with calcium and i haven't had dairy in like almost eight years yeah. So um, there's a lot of ways you can get calcium just from plants. Um, but even our doctors are taught that, like, that's how you get calcium. Yeah. Is by eating your cheese and drinking your milk. It's totally true. I still, um, even after all of the things I've learned, that's still something that's ingrained. It's deep in my mm-hmm. belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, but the milk's like now, you can coconut milk, cashew milk, we have macadamia, oat milk. Oh, you milk. guys do have the yeah, yeah, like so yeah. many different ones for coffee. Yeah, al- so almond good. is like the most popular and most accessible, I think. Um, but soy, there's all all types of variants. Mm-hmm. And yes, they they don't taste like dairy milk, but they all have a very like similar consistency mm-hmm. and some are just sweeter than others. Honestly, it's like probably just sweeter yeah. for the most part. And it just depends milks. on which ones. Yeah. They're all different. So I do yeah. encourage people if you are trying to go more plant-based or even if you want to do something that can make an impact, yeah, just switching to maybe trying non-dairy milks every time you go out or even buy it at home and try that on your cereal instead. And mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different kinds. So Maybe try soy, maybe try almond, maybe try them when they're on sale. Just grab a container and see which one you like best. And then that way you can go back and, and buy the one that you actually like. Yeah. It's always good to get them when they're on sale and then experiment and see what you like. I actually really like this like um, chocolate um, chocolate almond milk that I, get, I buy. I make like little chia seed puddings mm, um, so with good. it. It's so good. Yes, I realize there's sugar in there, um, but it's, it's actually... It, it tastes like chocolate milk to me. Like mm. I, I wouldn't be able to tell. And if I did like a blind taste test, I don't know if I'd be able to tell the difference. No, you can't. And there's actually a really good local company that's doing this stuff now called Hippie Milk. Have you seen? Oh yeah, Lisa? yeah, yeah, totally. Her chocolate milk is really good. Okay, it's crazy good. I think she uses a little maple syrup. So, but still, it's, it's delicious and it's a really, really great alternative. Because I mean, chocolate milk, dairy chocolate milk is gonna have a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. So at least you're choosing a plant-based option, which <laughs> might be a bit better. So I like, I like these little like tips on how to sort of transition, if you will, into a more plant-based diet. Like, um, if you don't have a catastrophic aha, not a catastrophic, what am, what am I trying to say here? An explosion in your life of some sort that makes you want to change everything. How do people sort of incorporate, uh, let's, what are some other little tips? Well, you know what? I think a lot of people are having this, like, it's good you're bringing this up because a lot of people are thinking, how can they make a change to do things better? Whether it's for animals, if they're animal lover, or whether you're hearing all the research about the impact of animal agriculture on our environment, especially here in Ottawa, we're such like a nature loving community. And it's interesting how much damage our diets can actually do on mother nature. So if we can shift away from um, supporting animal agriculture as much as possible, that's a big thing to do. Um, and even for your health, a lot of people see huge benefits, just like you said, just more whole plant foods, just mm-hmm. adding them, you're going to see a big change. So getting started, I think like you're doing is awesome. Just trying vegan one day a week. Yeah. See how you do practice a new recipe each week. Yeah. Like maybe take that one day and figure out like, what am I going to cook for my one day? 
and go look on, you know, my blog, Oshi Glows, Minimalist Baker. Um, there's so many websites out there that you can check for plant-based recipes. Yeah, because you do recipes on your website. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I'll provide that information at the end of the podcast. Um, that's because cooking, so a lot of people, like the meat eaters of the group, the meat and potato kind of people even come into Pure Kitchen and they're like, well, I'm not going to like anything. It's like, you know what? You can make delicious yes. meals that just don't have eggs, dairy, or meat in them. Mm-hmm. Like, it, And uh, oftentimes people are pleasantly surprised. However, one of the things I'm kind of wanted to, with the tips is there are some unhealthy vegan options mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you mentioned this a little bit um, earlier before we started um, with the new Beyond Meat Burger. Yes. That's like all, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. That's all on CBC all the time. They're doing talk shows about it. And people keep asking, like, yeah. it's, it's the big thing because they've just blown up, right? Like, they're everywhere in Ottawa. I don't think Pure Kitchen has them. Uh, we have you brought in some specials. We don't have them, like, on our menu, but we have um, done some Beyond Meat meatballs and Beyond Meat um, tacos or whatever. We have... You guys have a really good veggie burger, though. We have you an know? awesome so veggie burger. So, I think yeah, even yeah. meat eaters would love it. Oh, yeah, they do. Um, it's so good. It's just got so much flavor, good texture. Um, but yeah, there is, I mean, there is healthier ways to do it and it all goes back again, starting with whole foods. So, but what's the problem with the beyond meat burger? Um, you know what? I personally don't have a huge problem with it. Okay. Um, but I think the problem is, is say if that you're making that the centerpiece of your diet, Yes. I think it's a great thing to introduce people to plant-based alternatives, especially people, like you said, the ones who are meat and potato and like, Oh, I'm not going to like this. They're eating beyond burgers and they don't even know. Or yeah. they know, and they don't care because it tastes like a burger. So I think it's a great way to kind of open people's mind to something different, that there is a possibility out there okay. beyond animal proteins as an option. So maybe that's like their gateway into like, maybe I'll try bean salad, you know? Like that yeah. could be literally like, I didn't mind that vegan food, so maybe all vegan food isn't bad. Um, and but isn't it just over-processed soy product? Like It's actually pea. So oh, it's the pea. big protein that's used nowadays is pea protein because uh, it's a really... Peas are actually very high in protein. We actually grow them here in Canada. The industry is booming right now because of these Beyond Burgers. So right. there's a lot of farmers that are growing peas. Um, so there's peas. I think they're beets. I'm pretty sure the Beyond Burger is soy-free, but there's a lot of different veggies in there. And um, the main one would be the pea protein, though. And it is a processed food, so don't get me wrong. That's why I'm saying don't eat it as your staple. But if you're on the road and you're vegan or vegetarian, or if you're trying to go more plant-based and you're like, I can't go plant-based because it's too hard in road trips along the the, on the way to Toronto from Ottawa, there's nothing I can eat. Well, at Tim Hortons, yeah, you can grab a Beyond Burger or a Beyond Breakfast Sausage. I'm not saying that's the healthiest option. Yeah. But it's something you can grab if you're trying to be plant-based and because there's really no great options on the way between Ottawa to Toronto right now. <laughs> like if you're trying yeah. to go for health, pack your own lunch. Yeah. But um, do you find that a lot of vegan proteins are highly processed? If you're getting, say, like a pre-made burger or yeah. a veggie dog or a veggie sausage. But if you look at their counterparts that are animal proteins, they're probably equally processed. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you're going for a processed food anyways and swapping to a plant-based one, I would say in my mind, that's just a better alternative because it's better for the environment, better for animals. So, yeah. but if you're looking to make something he- like you almost have to make your own sometimes to make it healthier, like a homemade black bean burger. Um, gotcha. I mean, then there are some options that are healthier. Like there's the Hillary's burger, which you can find now at mm-hmm. um, health food stores. 
Um, you could buy, like, I think they also do falafels and stuff. But generally, you have to cook for yourself if it's going to be healthier. And that's whether you're a vegan or non-vegan. Right. You've got to take a little time for it. Or you have to call one of those healthy meal delivery services that can make food for you if you don't have time to do it. Because the thing is, healthier does take time or it takes money. Right. So you're either investing the time into cooking for yourself and preparing foods. Oh, that's a really good tip. Or really you got like you got to spend money. And if you don't have the money, you unfortunately have to spend the time. Um, how processed, just um, for my personal, is um, is tofu? Tozo tofu, I'll tell people and you how it's made. Because <laughs> people yeah. often don't know. So tofu comes from soybeans, okay? Yeah. So basically from the soybeans, they blend it up and they make soy milk. So soy milk is like the product that tofu is basically made out of. So what they do is they add an acid and it causes soy milk to curdle. So curds. Yeah. So think of, you know, curds and whey when you're making cheese. Yeah. Dairy cheese. The curds of soy milk is tofu. So they, they scrape the curds out and they flatten them and press them into little blocks that we see. Yeah. So the silken tofu would be one that's not pressed as much and still has more water content. And if you go to medium, it has a little bit less water content firm extra firm so they basically take the curds from the soy milk and press it down so it is a processed food but it's not highly processed so what happens to the rest of the soy milk um i don't know what they'll do with that does that get it maybe they just i I have no idea i should actually inquire into that part because i'm interested that okay and then tempeh which is my favorite vegan protein food it's the best. It's the Healthiest. best. And Healthiest. it's fermented as well. So yes. tempeh is less processed because it's the whole soybean, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. So, so what do they, they do with that? that? I've actually made tempeh before and really? I probably never do it again. It takes a long time. <laughs> I did it. I was helping a guy out when I was doing um, culinary school in New York. I volunteered to go help this tofu guy or tempeh guy. His name is Barry oh, Tempeh. I went to help him for a day. So basically what they do is they boil the soybeans they oh, okay. add them into a tray and they add some bacteria cultures, sort of as you do with most fermentation. And they just let them sit with the, these cultures okay. till they ferment about three days. So and it's going to remain very temperature stable. So it's really that it takes like three days to make tempeh. Oh, Because you're letting it sit and ferment. Crazy. And it's just super healthy. It's very digestible, very absorbable protein. But I think for a lot yeah. of people, as you may know, when you just see tempeh, raw like not raw but it's actually cooked it's safe to eat as it is but it has a bit of a bitter flavor and it looks kind of weird you know oh, you've seen it before, i have right? seen it before it I've just kind of look a bit it. weird you know because it's got the little soybeans in there and little black dots which are totally fine that's just part of the fermentation yeah um but people see it and they're like i don't know about this thing like how to cook with it yeah um so it's a little bit of a learning curve with tempeh i'd say it's a bit you've got to play around with it one of the things I love between with tempeh and tofu is that you can marinate them and they taste like you can Amazing. you can make them in so many different ways so you don't really get bored of mm-hmm. them as much as like well it's a it's kind of I guess how you would season anything but there's some really 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 great marinades out there um, not to plug Pure Kitchen but we do like a maple tamari tempeh it's super good yes. it's like sweet and like salty kind of yes it's so good (laughs) and that's one of the good things too is that say you are trying to go more plant-based and you want to learn go check out restaurants like pure kitchen or wherever you live and wherever you're tuning in look up a vegan restaurants and if you don't know what to do with tempeh go in and try what they're doing yeah and then you can try to emulate that at home because i know it's a transition for many people it's if they're used to cooking chicken wings and now people are saying you've got to cook this weird tempeh thing Yes. It's good to go see what are the restaurants doing because they've obviously played around and created a great menu. You might not get it exactly, but you can try to reverse engineer it and make it for yourself. Okay, well, I have one more question when it comes to vegan. This is another just personal curiosity. 
What is your, do you eat honey? I have, I have, I do eat honey if it's like in, um, like I have friends who are beekeepers. Yeah. And I think beekeepers are a pretty important part right now with, with of course, you know, yes. a lot's happening with the bee colonies. Yes. But I don't do honey in any of my cooking things. Like if I'm cooking, um, for people that are vegan, I know that that's not for everybody. There's like the vegans yeah. and the vegans and I don't necessarily even um... buy honey that much, but, um, Cause I tend to use maple syrup. My in-laws have trees and they tap them for me and give me lots of maple syrup. So that's kind of my sweetener. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honey is one of those things. And I think if you're held up on like, am I going to go vegan or not? Cause I love honey. Like if honey is all to eat your honey and do the rest vegan, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's not that big of a deal, but source local honey, local raw honey from there's a lot of great beekeepers, no matter where you live. Can you be, can you be, can you be labeled a vegan if you eat honey then? I think you can. I think you could be. And some people might get mad at me about saying this, but if you're eating mostly plant-based, mostly yeah. vegan, like high percent, feel free to call yourself vegan. If you're doing the best you can do yeah. and maybe you're going home for Christmas and you're eating seafood chowder, yeah, which I don't do because I could never touch seafood chowder because of all that dairy. Yeah. Um, but if that's your one thing, you go home once a year and eat seafood chowder, or if you go to Newfoundland to visit your family and they're having cod yeah, and that's your, and you're vegan all the rest of the time, like you're doing a lot of good. Right. For the environment and for animals. And if you're doing the best you can do, whatever that may be, then call yourself a vegan if you want. I don't care. Not everyone's going to agree with me on this. <laughs> but if you're trying your best, I cannot fault you. Do it. Do what you got to do. I love this. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit um, about your plant-based breakthrough program because you mentioned you just finished one that happened in May. Yep. So is this online? Is yeah, it so it's an online nutrition program where it's it's all plant-based. Um, I provide recipes and grocery yeah. lists. So for people getting started, it's one of the main feedbacks that I get from the participants is that it's introducing the foods that they wouldn't normally try. It's uh-huh. very similar to what I would eat. Okay. Um, so I've just put together a bunch of recipes of things that I would do. And you receive the recipes each week for four weeks and grocery lists. There's also nutrition webinars and lots of tips throughout the program to kind of help you, whether you want to be a healthier vegan or you want to add more plant-based foods. Most people aren't vegan that do my program, but a lot of vegans okay. do it to get just more inspiration and ideas on what to cook. And your next one starts in fall of 2019 and they can sign up at your website. Yep. So if they want, they can basically just sign up for my newsletter on my website or follow me on any of the social media platforms and I'll be announcing when the next one's starting. So it's going to be in September. And it's just, it's really good for people that just want to dip their toes in and try something healthier and do a little bit of learning too, because I think really we are in charge of our own health and we've got to educate ourselves because you know what the food industry is doing a lot to convince us of things that aren't true and aren't healthy. So we've got to take our our health in our own hands. So it's a great way to get started. I love that so much. I think on that note, um, I want to thank you so much for coming and spreading this amazing health message. Um, it's completely in line with how I feel. And I just think you're just so great. Thank you so much. (laughs) I back at you. Okay. Well, um, Thank you so much for coming over. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Okay, bye. Okay, that's all for today. I want to give a massive shout out to my guest, Amy Longard. I think we might have to do another uh, podcast, Amy, in the near future to continue on this uh, awesome subject. Uh, If you enjoyed the show today, please go to Apple Podcasts and show me the love. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.